So sometimes when I'm working on my homilies for the weekend, sometimes I get the idea of what I want to preach about right at the very, very beginning, in the Monday or the Tuesday. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. This is one of the weeks it took a little bit longer. I didn't have anything really set about what I wanted to say, so I figured I'd go on an early morning run and maybe the, the endorphins would clear up my brain. And so as I was going about, let's say, halfway into the run, something struck me about the gospel, something that maybe I hadn't noticed before that, if I'm going to be honest, at least I think is a little bit strange, is that the apostles are sitting here arguing about who is the greatest. And Jesus overhears and asks them about it and then pulls them aside and teaches them the lesson about humility. Whoever is going to be the greatest among you is going to be the servant. It seems like that should be about it. They learn their lesson, they move on, they go about their business. But then what Jesus does is he takes a child and puts it in their midst and says, whoever receives a child like this receives me and the Father who sent me. What does this gesture of taking the child and pulling him to himself and saying that whoever receives the child receives him, what does it have to do with the first part of the gospel? What does it have to do with the fighting and the arguing that Jesus was sort of criticizing the apostles for? Now one might say, well, the child doesn't argue, the child is young, the child is innocent. Quite possibly, but I think I realized, or it dawned on me, and whether or not it was endorphins, maybe it was the Holy Spirit, I'm not too sure, <laughs> was that what Jesus was doing was actually, in his own body and through his gestures, the exact opposite of what the apostles were doing. What do I mean by that? The apostles, in their arguing with each other, and their bickering with each other, were actually very much focused on themselves, trying to prove who was the greatest. It was selfishness manifesting itself. And when we are selfish, we're closed off to other people. It's my way. It's the way I think. It's what I want. And that was driving the argument or discussion of the apostles. And as a result, because they were focused on themselves, they weren't living in communion with each other, but in that arguing, they were opposed to each other. And so Jesus, on the other hand, after talking about the need for humility and the need to serve the other, Jesus does the exact opposite. He receives this child. He is receiving the other. He's not acting selfish. He's not closed off but he's open to receiving the other, not interested in arguing and bickering and fighting and proving who is correct, but instead welcoming and belonging and allowing that child to come into his embrace. It's the exact opposite of the selfish attitude that closes us off to communion and leads us to arguing and fighting. And so what I think the lesson that we can learn from this in our own lives, is the need that we have, or almost, I would say, the command of Jesus to be open and receptive to others. 
that we need to be willing to receive others and receive them in love. Not just those with whom we might disagree with, our opponents. This means that if we're going to receive them, we're willing to listen. We're willing to dialogue, not just argue with each other. But also our family members, our friends, those that we know, or maybe those that come into our way who are lonely, suffering, isolated. So often, we have people around us who are in need, who are hurting, who are frustrated, who have questions, who need to be listened to, whatever, but we're closed off. We're closed off, why? Because we're too focused on our own desires, our own wishes, our own passions, or we're oblivious to what other people need. We're not even paying attention that someone needs me to listen to them. Someone is hurting, someone has a question. We're just living in space, not in a selfish way or in an intentional way, but we're all so, so often consumed in our own wishes, needs, and thoughts. And so we need to be willing to receive others, to receive them, to be open to them. For, as Jesus says, when we receive another, when we receive that child, we're ultimately receiving him and therefore even more receiving the Father. The Father is the one who sent him. And this is all good. And we can understand this. This need to be open and receptive to other people, particularly others in need. But the fact is, we sometimes are that person in need. We're the one who asks questions. We're the one who's hurt. We're the one who's angry or frustrated. We're the one who's lonely, isolated. And we need to be received by others. To a great degree, allowing ourselves to be received, to be loved, is much more difficult than the command to be open and receptive of others. We don't like to show people that we're weak. We don't like to let people know that we need something. To be vulnerable, we're often shame. And so what happens is, is we wall ourselves off. We lash out sometimes. We run in the other direction. And so we go ahead and sit in our own loneliness. But the truth is, we can't do that. We need, as Jesus says, to receive others, but to allow ourselves to be received as difficult as it may be. And the reason is because that central truth that Christ says that when we receive someone, we're receiving him and the Father, the inverse is true also. That when we are received by another, by a family member, friend, brother, and sister, even a complete stranger, as it were, when we are received, and guess what? It's really Jesus receiving us. And not just Jesus receiving us, but it is the Father receiving us because Christ is the image and the likeness, the icon of the Father. And so we get to experience through others the Father's love, the love and the embrace of God our Heavenly Father. So often, you've heard me say it before, Whenever we're feeling lonely and isolated, we go to prayer, and that's good, and we want to experience the love of God the Father. We want to feel like we belong. And sometimes we can have that experience. But if we look at this passage and the way that Christ receives that child and the truth that we receive Christ in receiving others, but also Christ receives us through others, then we can see we can experience through other people the same love, and we do not need to be ashamed or afraid to do this. But the truth is, we all have these periods of weakness, these periods of darkness, 
And we, the biggest struggle, is actually letting people know, is going out and asking someone to say, hey, you know what, I'm having a difficult time. Can we talk? Can we have a cup of coffee? I, I need a friend. I need someone to listen to. I need someone to respond to my questions. I just need someone to love me and be with me. But we've got to be willing to ask, but so often we don't because we don't want to be a burden to other people. We have the fear of rejection. And that's why the example of Jesus embracing this child is so important. Maybe if he embraced an animal or something and tried to show you that, the dog would have bitten him. I don't know. But embracing the child is so important. Why? Because kids have no problem telling you what they need. Zero problem. If they're hungry, the kids are going to say, I'm hungry, feed me. I'm sick, give me some medicine. I'm scared, turn on the lights, give me my blanket, whatever it is. The child has no problem expressing that he needs to be received. And so in giving us that child as an example, the Lord is teaching us to be like the child and having no fear in making our needs known to God our Heavenly Father or to the person who is in front of us. And so sort of in conclusion, this, this, this idea of Christ receiving the child, we see this happen in another place in the gospel. Jesus receives another child, sort of puts him on his lap, and says, unless you become like this child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, Jesus speaks throughout scripture very beautifully at a number of times about what it is like to be a child or the necessity of childhood to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the child is important. And in fact, whether it's what we talk about today or what we talk about throughout the course of all the Gospels, that child and that example of the child sort of lead, or leads us to give us the grounding or a spirituality of spiritual childhood. Knowing our identity as sons and daughters of God the Father. And yes, in spiritual childhood, we are innocent. We try to trust God the Father. We need to be small as St. Therese is. There's a whole spirituality of dependency on God. But I'm going to argue in conclusion today that if we want to develop that spirituality of child, spiritual childhood, the key, more than any of those other things, is exactly what we see in the gospel today. Allowing ourselves to be received by Christ, by God the Father. And doing so, whether it be directly through prayer or through others, we come to experience that love, that belonging, and have a greater sense of our identity as sons and daughters of God. Amen.